G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. If ever there was a generation that needs to be engaged with the gospel, it is this generation. Our culture has lost its way. And today, Pastor Greg Laurie says the good news of God's forgiveness has never been more needed and available. So don't tell me the day of evangelism is over because the gospel still works. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People need Jesus, and they'll always need Jesus. This is the day when the lost are found. that we can send a text to somebody on the other side of the planet at practically the speed of light. Through social media, videos can circumnavigate the globe as an event happens. It's an exciting time for communication, but there's nothing more important to communicate than the hope of Christ. Just when the world has so much capability, it also has so much need. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says it's time that we all do our part to get the message out. Evangelism is never going to be passe. It's always going to be something God wants us to do. Now we might find new and creative ways to do it, but ultimately we never want to deviate from this calling God has given to all of us. But you know, America was a much different place 30 years ago. George H.W. Bush was the president. Home Alone and Pretty Woman were the top movies in the theaters. The top TV shows were Seinfeld, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and The Cosby Show. My, how things have changed. Uh, The top songs on radio were Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, and Vogue by Madonna. And the internet was just coming into its own. Social media did not exist yet. And uh, so this new technology was coming. Email was just beginning. Texting was still in the future. And so we were able to go around the nation and around the world and share the gospel. So some things have changed, but some things have not changed at all. Of course, the need of humanity hasn't changed. The solution to that need, which is the gospel, never changes. And every generation is looking for answers. And I look at this young generation today and I think to myself, if ever there was a generation that needs to be engaged with the gospel, it is this generation. And we're gonna do everything we can to engage them. Consider this. The U.S. suicide rate has increased 30% since the year 2000, and it's tripled for young girls. 
Opioid deaths have increased three times in teens in the last 20 years as well. From January 1st, 2006 to December 31st, 2013, this is a staggering statistic, there were 3,567,000 suicide attempts in emergency department visits from people 10 and older. Three million people tried to take their lives. And in just seven years, that's 3.5 million attempted suicide. So don't tell me the day of evangelism is over because the gospel still works. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People need Jesus and they'll always need Jesus. So we want to keep that in mind, always. You know, in the church we get excited about a lot of things. Uh, some people get excited about the latest conference. Oh, this conference was so amazing. Did you go to this conference? Others might get excited about a new building program. Oh, we got our new building up. Others might get excited if their candidate got elected. You want to know what God gets excited about? If I can use that verbiage of God. God gets excited. Heaven gets excited when people believe in Jesus. The Bible says there is joy in heaven over one sinner that comes to repentance. I mean, think about that for a moment. Every time a person turns from their sin and puts their faith in Jesus Christ, there's a shout of praise in heaven. There must be a lot of praising in heaven because you think of all the people that come to the Lord each and every day. I mentioned the Great Commission. Let's go to our text now, Matthew 28. Let's read it. This is a very important statement that frankly we all should commit to memory. Jesus says, Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Notice the word therefore. As I've told you before, whenever you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. He's drawing upon what has been said. What was just said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go therefore, because he has this authority. We're his representatives. So we go therefore, and what do we do? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. There's one more version of the Great Commission, if you will, that's in Mark 16, 8, 15, where Jesus simply says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. So to pull it all together, the Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, led by the Holy Spirit to bring people to Christ, then to disciple them. This is where a lot of people uh, miss a key element. It's not just to proclaim the gospel. It's to lead people to Christ and disciple them, get them up on their feet spiritually, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you to the end of the age. I believe if we would just obey the great commission, we would experience personal revival. Why do I say that? Because when you Get your eyes off of yourself for a moment and think about somebody else that's lost and separated from God and leave your comfort zone and seek to share your faith next to being a Christian. This is one of the most joyful, fulfilling things we can do. And this is why the devil doesn't want us to do it. If there's one thing Christians and non-Christians have in common, 
It's this. We're both uptight about the gospel. Satan's uptight with us sharing the gospel. We're uptight with sharing the gospel. So non-believers, they don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me because, like we were saying earlier, they think you're going to shove it down their throat. They think you're going to be judgmental and mean. We should never be that way. Listen, if you want to win some, be winsome. Be nice about it. Share the gospel with a smile on your face. Care about the person you're talking to. And build that bridge. So many times Christians burn bridges instead of build bridges. And the objective is not to win the argument. It's to win the soul. Because I've seen some Christians who are very knowledgeable and they come in with both gospel guns loaded and they unload them on the non-believer and tear down their arguments and humiliate them. And the non-believer says, what a jerk. I never want to talk to a Christian again. You could have done a lot more if you just would have showed a little compassion and love and let them share for a while and say what they think and now you can respond appropriately with the message of the gospel. But this is the Great Commission. But sadly for many, the Great Commission is the Great Omission. Well, great to have you with us today. We're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California on A New Beginning. And he's beginning to offer six observations on how to resist temptation based on the Lord's response to temptation as recorded in the Bible in Luke chapter 4. Let's continue. Now let me say something that might surprise some, but I believe it's true. I believe to not share the gospel can actually be a sin. And you might say, well, Greg, you're going too far. Well, wait, hold on. What is a sin? (laughs) There's different definitions of sin because there's different kinds of sin. One definition of sin is to cross a line. So if I'm told, don't step on the black carpet, and I step on the black carpet, I just cross the line. That's called a trespass. So when I break a commandment or I do what God tells me not to do, I just cross the line. That's a sin. That's a sin of commission. But then there's a sin of omission. The sin of omission is not doing what I should do. The Bible says to him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So if I'm walking down a street and there's a house on fire and there's a crowd of people standing outside and someone says, there's a child on the second floor of that house. And I just walk by, maybe take a shot, you know, go off, post it on Instagram. What a jerk I am. I mean, you know, hopefully I'll call 911. Maybe I'll be a hero and try to run in and save the child. But to walk by with complete indifference, that's almost criminal. In the same way, if I really believe the Bible, and I really believe what the Bible says about the afterlife, that there really is a heaven and there really is a hell, if I really believe the gospel which effectively says Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, and I really believe if a person rejects Christ they will spend eternity separated from Him, and I don't even try to engage a person in a conversation, that could be the sin of omission, you see? So we don't want that to happen, and I think also we miss out on a great blessing. Here's how it spiritually revives you. When you get a new believer in your life, it can reinvigorate your faith. Listen to this. A new Christian needs an older believer in their life to stabilize them. An older Christian needs a younger believer in their life to energize them, you know? So, you know, if you've known the Lord for a long time, and you just hang around with other people that have known the Lord for a long time. You go to church, you go out afterwards, maybe you argue theological minutia, 
But when you have a brand new believer that's hearing this all for the first time, man, it's gonna change you. It's sort of like going to Disneyland with kids or adults. You know, when you go to Disneyland with adults, it's not always that much fun, especially if they're older adults. Because first of all, they're gonna complain about the admission price, which is somewhat justifiable. <laughs> what is it, like $1,000 now? <laughs> and then you know, you walk in and now they have these little things. If you're standing here in the line, you'll be in, on the ride in two days. It's like, you know, I don't even wanna know that. That makes it miserable for me. And, and you know, so you're, you're tired and you don't, you know, it's a whole different experience. A lot of critiquing things. Oh, you know, this is so fake and all that. Go with the kid. Just go with the kid. And see Disneyland through the eyes of a child. It'll be a whole new experience for you. They're excited. They want to go on the crazy rides. They want to have fun. Uh, it's a magical place for them. And I think in the same way, when we only hang around older believers and we never engage new believers, we can actually begin to find ourselves in a place of complacency, in a place of dullness, and actually what we need is a new Christian in our life that will revive us again. And I think this is part of discipling. I'll tell you something. I kind of broke all the rules the way I came to Christ. And by that I mean, uh, normally you share the gospel with someone, you either lead them to the Lord or you bring them to church and they come to Christ. Then you have follow up and you help them grow in their faith. None of that happened for me. No one invited me to anything. Uh, I wouldn't even have people give evangelistic booklets to me out on the streets. They would give them to people around me and skip me. What was that all about? I actually wanted them to. I think it was sort of this look on my face. I don't know what it was. Must have intimidated people. Can you imagine? Anyway. <laughs> so you know my story. I saw the Christians meeting on the front lawn of my high school campus. I sat close enough where I could eavesdrop in their conversation. No one invited me to the meeting, but I heard the gospel. And I heard enough to understand I needed Jesus. And I went forward and prayed and asked him into my life. Now I could have gone the wrong direction. I could have fallen through the cracks, but thank God someone followed up on me. And his name was Mark. He came up to me maybe a few days later and said, hi, um, is your name Greg? I said, yeah. He says, I saw that you accepted Jesus Christ the other day. I was like, yeah, so? Because <laughs> I didn't really know what had happened to me. I'm like, yeah, so? Yeah, yeah, I did. What about it? Well, uh, you need to start going to church. No, nah, it's okay. No, you need to come to church with me. No, no I don't really want to go to church with you. Yeah, whatever. Where do you live? I'm going to come pick you up. No, I, I don't want to go to church with you, I said. No, you need to come to church. Oh, come on. And he was so persistent just to make him stop. I said, okay, here's my address. He shows up at my house. I did not want to go to church. So I go to this church. It's Calvary Chapel. It's in the middle of the Jesus movement. There's people everywhere coming out of the windows practically, worshiping God and, and I literally walked in and it kind of freaked me out. There was too much love in one place. <laughs> and you have to understand the way I was raised, my mom never hugged me. I'm not saying this to elicit sympathy, but if you feel bad for me, go ahead. But she never hugged me. She never said, I love you. So literally, I was in a home where there was no affection, no I love yous. And I walk up and a complete stranger comes up, some girl, God bless you, brother, I love you. And she hugs me. I'm like, yeah. It's like, I didn't want to be hugged. I didn't want to be in this place. And 
it was so packed out there was no seats and I was glad and I started to walk away and someone in the front row recognized me because they went to my high school. They said, Greg, come sit with us. And I walk in and they're singing, happy, 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 happy. Where does this happy feeling come from? Jesus. I'm like, why are they pointing up? What's up there? What's happening? And I sat in the front row and I thought, oh man. You know, and, and I was very uncomfortable and then a guy walks out, he's old, he's bald. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, really? His name was Chuck Smith. I thought, I don't want to listen to some adult. I don't like adults. Because all the adults I'd been exposed to were not very good examples to me. And this guy comes out and he brings his Bible. I'm thinking, oh, brother, this is going to be so boring. And he opens up the Bible and it just comes alive. And I'm like drinking it in and you couldn't get me out of the place after that. I went every night of the week to every Bible study they had. This guy, Mark, he said, now I want you to come home and meet my parents. I'd never been around a Christian family. My mom was married and divorced seven times. We didn't sit around a table and eat a meal and have a prayer followed up by a Bible study. You kidding me? She'd be passed out on the floor. That was my life. So I'm sitting in this house. We have our little meal. We have prayer. They say grace. I'd never done that before. And afterwards, let's have a Bible study. And they're talking about things in the Bible and I'm drinking it in. I'm like a sponge. I'm like SpongeBob SquarePants. No, not like that. But, you know, I'm just taking it in. I'd never heard this before. My life was changed. Why? Because one guy just said, I'm gonna go help that guy. Greg. And he took me under his wing. And because he did that for me, here I sit today. And you know, here's the thing. We all know the great, you know, rock star preachers, if you will, the Billy Grahams of the world. Thank God for them. But you know, a lot of times it's the unsung heroes that play a key role. Someone who's so succeed in the life of a Billy Graham or someone that follows up on someone, that stands in the gap for someone. You don't have to be a theologian to do this. And by the way, you know more than you think you know. I already said that, but you really do. Because you sit in church all the time and you hear all these Bible studies, it's going in your heart and it's going in your mind. And when you try to help someone, it'll start coming to your memory because the Holy Spirit will bring it to your memory. So I'm telling you, you can be used by God to share the gospel. It's Pastor Greg Laurie with some important insights on the need for all of us to share the good news with those around us. It's just too important not to. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg brings some more insight on how personal evangelism plays an important part in bringing a spiritual awakening to our culture. Join us same time tomorrow for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Jesus Revolution and Evangelism. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.